Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I believe tonight that the Lord is saying to you and to I that he's still a miracle-working God. That he's still a miracle-working God. That there's a miracle, a miracle here for you and I. Somebody get excited. Because Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's walking these aisles. He's holding your hand. It's his chest that you're resting upon. And he's saying tonight, I'm still a miracle working God. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am for you and not against you. You are the head and not the tail. I just feel like someone here tonight feels like they are so beaten up by the world. Let me tell you, the devil is a stupid liar. He's a stupid liar. When we feel beaten up by the world, our our focus is off. Our, Our heads are down, looking down at the ground, looking down at the circumstances, looking down at the situations. But we've got to look past the circumstances. We've got to look past the trees. We've got to look unto the light of the Lord of Jesus Christ. He's a miracle-working God. And there's a miracle for you and I tonight. You know, he reminded me of our, our vision for 2016. You know, it's funny how prophetic those visions really are. I'm actually quite thankful for next year's vision, by the way. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Woo. But we're still in 2016. But it's all good because he's got a good word for us tonight. Yep. <coughs> so only believe. And if we look at the scripture in Mark, starting in verse um, Mark 5, um, starting in verse 35, you, know, you got the, the leader of the synagogue that his daughter's ill. And so while he's still speaking, some came to the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? You know, I don't know about you, but that could be one of the worst things that anybody could ever possibly come and tell you, is that your loved one, your precious one, is gone. They breathe their life, they've been declared dead. How many of you think your world would be falling apart? falling apart. He's got no hope in that moment, but Jesus. As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Only believe. He would say to us tonight, do not be afraid. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, my little sheep-a-doodle. For it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Your father, that's, Ma- that's Matthew, that's scripture. I'm quoting scripture. Matthew, fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sometimes we think, oh man, but I already got blessed once today, so that's it. That's it for the year. 
But he is able. He is able, Ephesians says. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Not just a little bit. Not just, hey, I can kind of meet your need. But he can do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly providing for you and I exceedingly abundantly meeting our needs oh but he hasn't yet because something better is coming so don't be afraid only believe and then Jesus said that he permitted no one to follow him except for Peter James and John the brother of James that he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and he saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly oh woe is me are you that loud wailer today over the circumstances of your life? Over those things that you would say are dead? Oh, I've screwed it up for the last time. There's no more hope for me. Wow, wow, that dream's dead. I've, I've messed it up one final time. When he came in, he said to them, why are you making all this commotion? Why are you a whiny baby? <laughs> this child's not dead. Your dream isn't dead. It's sleeping. But you know, they didn't have any faith. They just ridiculed Jesus. But when he put, they, he, he put them all outside, he said, you know what? You ain't shutting up. Get out. Get out. Ye of little faith, back on up out the dope. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. He took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumai. He's saying to us tonight, Talitha Kumai. Talitha Kumai. Because so often that miracle's already been provided. So often that word has already been spoken over you. So often that provision has already been provided. But we're like, but where's my miracle? Can't you just make it happen? I don't want to get up. I don't want to do something. I don't want to open my mouth. I don't want to take a step. It might be scary. That means I have to put my big girl pants on. For those of you who are guests tonight, I apologize. My husband's the real pastor of the church. He's dealing with some, with some families that lost loved ones this week. But he's saying to us tonight, your miracle's here. And it's time for us to get the wax out and hear what he's saying. Talitha Kumai, little girl little boy arise I've provided the way and it's time that you walk in it because that scripture says that he goes before we read we sang it tonight you don't know your Bible we sang it he goes before us to prepare the way and he comes behind us to hedge us in and you know what else he does because it's not enough that he goes before us it's not enough that he comes behind us but he takes his hand and he lays it upon us. And he's got us all around us. 
before and behind me, above and beneath me, that Christ, <laughs> that Christ be all around me. Because you see, when we believe, when we believe that Christ is enough, that Christ is who he says he is, you know, Mandy testified a couple of weeks ago or sometime, you know, it all flies together that through the scripture, through the word of God, he challenged her. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Because if we really believe what we say, we believe what we've declared, we believe. Then we believe he goes before me. He already knew the junk you'd be walking in. He has shoveled the manure for you. on the line. He was the one being beaten and spit upon and ridiculed. He was the one that shed his blood. Last I saw, you're still breathing. But he shed his blood. He went to the grave. He defeated it. That he could go before you and I and prepare the way. That all we've got to do is walk in it. You know, I don't know about you. There are situations that I've walked into my life that I have been scared to death. You think not you. You're just wild, crazy, Pastor Heather. I'm talking like shaking in my boots. My life is over. But thanks be unto the Lord, there were always, have always been spiritual leaders around me to come around me that God has provided to say, Thou's your time, little girl. Now's your time. Rise up. Rise up and walk in it. Rise up. Fear not, little flock. Fear not. For it's your father's good pleasure. What does that mean? That means he didn't, he did not create you and save you and redeem you for you and I to live in a poverty-stricken mindset that the world is gloom and doom all around us and anything I happen to get just happens to be because I fought for it. No, I don't believe so. If he's going to take care of the little sparrow in the field, how much more is he going to take care of you and I? How much more is he going to take care of you and I? We are just in a season of life where the puzzle pieces are getting put together. Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What does that mean? That means he's tired of seeing you walk defeated and, and in mourning and in grief and in um, depression and in sickness and in sorrow and in, you know, I just feel sorry for myself all the time. Why? Because the scripture says that I now have the mind of Christ. The scripture now says that I'm a conqueror. The scripture now says all that I, I can be clothed in his righteousness, that I can be hidden in Christ. The scripture tells me that I can have all spiritual blessings, all blessings in the heavenly places. I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, there was only God in heaven, only God-sized stuff in heaven, only God-sized abilities in heaven. There's no room there for sin and sickness and depravity. There's no room. So why, why would we make more room for the junk in our lives than we would for the kingdom of heaven? So we kick the door out. We kick the walls out. We start getting rid of it all. We get aggressive with it. 
Ever since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent do what? Why don't you say that again? We take it by force. That doesn't mean we're going to go out and fight people. That means I'm going to arise. Rise up, little girl. Get your head out of the dirt and rise up. We begin to take authority. We begin to take dominion that he's already provided for us. We begin to understand what the blood has paid for, what the power of the Holy Spirit provides us, and we begin to walk in it. We stop, we stop quoting it and believing that, that God is going to snap his fingers and make it happen for us and all of a sudden. Let me tell you, the promises are for you and I. But he says, after he says, only believe, rise up, rise up. Rise up. I've seen time and time again people touched by the power of God at the altar, nailed by the power of God. God speaks a word to them, and they are on, I mean, they are on fire. They are messed up at the altar because he just set them free. But the problem is he set you free. You walk out the door, and you're tested. So what are you going to do, crawl back like a crawfish? It's so hard, Rick, so hard. we're going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Heather, that's hard in the situation. You don't think I know? I'm still breathing too. But we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're lovely, Lord. Because you're lovely, Lord. Because you're more beautiful. You're more satisfying than anything I've ever experienced in my life, oh God. Because you're enough for me, God. You're enough to take me from the pit of hell. You're enough to take me from my own wicked sin, oh God. You're enough to God, Lord, to chase me down in a wicked, wicked world. You're enough for me, my Lord. You're enough for me, Jesus. And we begin to preach ourselves happy. We begin to preach ourselves happy. We begin to preach ourselves happy. Oh. 
thinking, but Pastor Heather, you don't know. This is just how he made me. You know, the same lamb, the same lamb that was brought to the slaughter for you and I is the same lion that ripped through that temple and overturned tables. That same lamb that went to the slaughter for you and I said, Satan, get behind me. That same lamb that went to the slaughter is worthy to open the scrolls. The diversity, the complexity of the Lord Jesus is a mere picture, an example of the diversity that he's placed within you and I. We were created in the image of our God. And we're just talking Jesus. We haven't even gone to God the Father and the Holy Ghost. But I'll keep it simple for us tonight. Since, you know, it is midweek, we might, might be a little fried. But it's a picture of the complexities and how he's created us. Because you see, in certain seasons, I rise up and take the role that, that he's given me in that season. And there are seasons that I've been bold and I've been feisty and I've been not in sin, but because that's where he's positioned me. And there are seasons where I back away and become all graceful. You should ask them about old employees back in the day if I was ever grateful of grace. They would say, eh, eh. Ask our staff now. They're like, you're too nice. The hat shifting peeps, the hat shifting. Joke. Because you see, if you would have met me years ago, I would have told you, as a new Christian, you might want to back off and watch how close you get because I will rip you to shreds in about half a minute with my tongue. I mean, I can go for it. I can take, I can take control of a situation in a half a second real quick. And if you would have talked to me then, guess what I would have said? It's how I was created. I get things done. People tend to like me, so just deal with it. Most of you know me today. That doesn't even resemble me. The complexities of how we're created. We can discipline our kid and swat them on the rear, stick them in timeout, huh? Punish them. And about five minutes later, they smash their finger in a door. And what are we doing? Coddling. I'm speaking to somebody tonight that's stuck in a rut of this is just how I've always been. But you don't know I've been like this for 55 years, lady. Praise be unto the Lord, it's not going to be 56. Because his blood's enough. So where are we going with this? I don't know. I'm just joking. I really do know. I just thought I'd say that. Just for kicks. He's a miracle working God, Pat. He's a miracle working God. So what has he spoken over you? What has he spoken over your life that you're to only believe? Because it's time to rise up. 
regret, you're bugging me. So we're going to pray for you in a good way. It's a God bug. So we're going to pray for bread. Why don't you stand? Grace, can you can, can you just take us somewhere, Rand? Thank you, Jesus.
precursor. If you're able to move, feel free to be seated. Or you could just plop down right where you are and just stay there. Isn't it awesome to just be in a house of God that's a family? You know that in the middle of our week, it's not about coming, doing a ritual, but really about coming and getting refreshed. Coming and just finding out what he's got for us. You know, it's kind of exciting. It's like you're going on that date and you get all dressed and ready to go and you head on over and you're like, What's, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And in comes Jesus. And in comes Jesus. You know, um, when we were sharing testimonies the other day, I don't know if y'all caught it on Sunday morning, but Brandon and Mandy were sharing about how um, it was affecting their daily life, that they couldn't do things the same anymore. And, you know, we can't, and they, I think Brandon said, ooh, something went with the mic. Ooh. Um, he's like, oh, I'm not going to say that. And I'm like, no, say it. Because, you know, at some point, at some point in our life, in our walk, we have to, you know, spirit and truth have to kiss. The word of God has to become an experience and not just, right? Not just a reading, not just something that we, you know, I remember I grew up Catholic and there's nothing wrong with it. It, it set a foundation for me. I got born again. I had scripture in me, man. But, you know, I think I was like 10 when I started being one of those readers. I forget what you call them. But I was started reading in the Mass. And I would read those scriptures. And let me tell you, I was so proud that I read so eloquently. I was so full of it. I thought, look at me how young I am and how good I'm reading. But there was no life. Right? There was no, I knew the scripture. It sounded good. Even the thous and the thighs and the those and the. Wounds, but at some point in our walk, it's got to become where, wow, that's the life I'm living. And I remember when I first moved away, you know, I was talking with Brett about moving, you know, leaving your family. That God beckons you and calls you to a new city, to a new place, to a new, new place even in him. And you're like, oh, my gosh, it's killing me. It's the death of me. You're so excited, but you're dying inside. And, um. I remember laying in bed one night, bawling my eyes out, going to sleep, just sad about life, sad about where I was and where I wanted to be. And, um, you know, I had been asking everybody about the Holy Ghost. I began Holy Ghost teachings, and I heard the Holy Ghost was supposed to be my comforter. So in my sassy little self, not that I would ever be sassy, right? In my sassy little self, I said, all right, Holy Ghost. You're supposed to be my comforter. If you're supposed to be my comforter. And before I could get out, then come comfort me. It was like a blanket covered my room. And though the tears were still there, there was a perfect peace. That this is where I am. But there's no place I'd rather be. And I'll never forget it because the scripture became alive. At some point within my inner man, there became less of a dependence on my reality and more of my dependence on this is who you say you are. I want to walk in it. I want to walk in it. 
I want to walk in it. And so at some point in our life, at some point in our walk, we stop depending on other things. We stop depending on self. We stop depending on man and begin looking to that word to come alive, to begin to experience it. You know, I said this all the time, you know, and part of it's because, I, you know, the South is big partiers. Y'all don't seem like big partiers here. Y'all seem like big homebodies. Is that right? Yeah. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's like bits and pieces, but I would tell people, oh, you know what y'all are? Y'all are big, like, uh, fans, like the Cavs fans, and y- y'all are really like sporty fans, right? So, yeah, Miss Indians. So let's, re- let's relate it to that. I know. Let's relate it to that. You know, when I was in the world and I partied, I partied hard. There was no holding back. Even playing sports. Playing sports at the age of 10, 12, 13, all the way up through college. If I was going to do it, I was going to do it all the way. I was going to be the best. That means I was going to practice longer. I was going to practice harder than anybody else out there. So when I met them, it was me. Same thing partying. So when I got born again, I didn't want part of the gospel, right? I didn't want part of my healing. I didn't want part of my salvation. I still don't want part of my sanctification. I want the fullness, the fullness. He says that all spiritual blessings, all heavenly blessings are ours in Christ Jesus. I want it all. Not because I want some, because if someone named Jesus died for me, died because I was so filthy and so disgusting and so nasty, if he had to die for me, and he actually went through it. You know, we look at our family or our friends or our spouses, and we think, wow, no one can ever love me that much because you really put a lot on the line for me. How much more did he put on the line for you and I? Yet we're willing to bend over backwards for those closest to us. But how much more do we need to be ready to bend, to bend to Scripture, to bend to the Holy Ghost? You know, have you all ever heard of Evan Roberts? Evan Roberts was um, like 23, I think, when the Welsh Revival began. And, you know, he was just, he was a young lad. He was a young lad just beginning his studies in the scripture. When in the end of the day, he was tired of just the mundane. Not just in the church world, but in his own life. Because he had read, he had, he had tasted something in scripture that wasn't the reality of his present-day life. And so you know what, what his prayer began to be? Bend me. Bend me. Bend me. And that's not language we use today. Today we'd say, break me. Break me. But he just said, bend me. Bend my will to your will. Bend my character to your character. Bend, bend, bend me. Bend me, God. Not bend my spouse and fix them. Not bend my boss and fix them. Not bend the government and fix them. Bend me. Bend me. Bend me, Lord. Break me. 
break me that I might taste and see that you're good. That I might once again know and believe that I'm going to see the goodness, the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, thank you, Jesus. Cool. But y'all all doing okay? Mama's back. You know, if you haven't noticed by my husband, because he shares our life from the pulpit, that 2016 has been easy. <laughs> it's been horrible. But it's been precious. We've been wanting a son. You know, Mike was on the, the nominating committee, the selection committee. They know. One of the things in our, in our interview we said was, we're going to have a kid. We're going to have more kids. Don't try to stop us. Because jobs can do that, right? Put demands on you that won't allow. But, you know, we've been here two and a half years, and we've just had that precious baby we've been praying for. So it's been a precious year. It's been awesome. But it's been so much fun. That at some point, about two and a half months ago, now precious baby boy is seven weeks. So about, I would say two months ago, not even two and a half, two months ago, I said, I cannot wait for 2016 to end. Let's just get her done. I'm done. Roll it on over to 2017, baby, because we're good. We, you know, we, we laugh and joke that the staff, you know, we're learning to live in revival here in Ohio and Everything breaks loose, and I tell the staff, hey, this is normal. This is revival. You know what I've learned to do when it all breaks out? I say, come on, devil, bring what you got. Let's do it. And, and two months ago, I found myself saying, I'm just ready for it to end. <laughs> Flip the screen, okay? Flip it. I'm done. Whoa. Because, you know, like it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> we have left this year I realize what I'm preaching thank you Jesus I've got women to lift my arms around me so that would, that would have been two months ago well seven weeks ago my water breaks and I'm all excited because we're having baby and what, what people don't know and don't worry those of you that know the story I'm not going to hang it all out to dry But if it could be bad, it was horrible. It was a nightmare experience that was traumatic beyond traumatic. And I remember laying in that bed going, wow, nothing's working. Because you see, I'm preaching to myself here tonight, but I'm the one that puts on the Lord Jesus Christ. That I get nailed and I just go, Combraria Samasoria, Kiamanderia, Maso, and just keep going, right? That's just the life that we live. But sometimes in all of the distress, all that we know to do isn't enough. But it's not about our do, it's not about our formula, it never has been. And so thanks be unto the Lord that I'm rooted and grounded. That I've studied the scriptures and been able to test and try them. And so I, what did I do? Vicki said, do you always do this? Mm-hmm. 
I found myself just nestled back. Wow, this is where I'm at. Can't get out of it. I'm stuck. Nothing I'm doing is changing the situation. I'm going to set up shop. Here I am. Get out the big comforter. Get out the big couch. Get your big old bottle of water. And I'm just going to set up shop. Got the worship going. Got the word going. Only talk to the people that are going to lift me up. You push them, Bible comes. Right? And you just wait. You just wait. You just wait. Because even though you know what you need to do, right? Even though you know what you need to do, you still have to walk through it. He's still gone before us to prepare that way that we should walk through it. So regardless of what I wanted to do, right? I had to walk through it. I had to walk through those dark days and dark moments and make the best out of it with Jesus. So that one day when that sun came through, that I could rejoice that in the deepest, darkest places that I'd been, Christ had been there too. My miracle had already been provided. But when he said, Talitha Kumai, Baby girl, baby girl, come see. Because see, that's how that's how he's got to talk to me. Baby girl, come here, baby girl. I could get up whole without junk, without carrying that trauma, lugging it around with me day after day. The reality of the gospel is not dependent on our circumstances. When you find yourself in the middle of life beyond what you can handle, look up. For your redemption draws nigh. Look up. <laughs> because it's the perfect opportunity for Christ to be glorified. Look up, because he's beckoning us forward. He's beckoning us for all that's in you that he's placed to rise up, to rise up, to get legs on its own and begin to walk it out. You see, so often, like, we have all these encounters on the floor and all these encounters in our prayer closet and all these encounters at the altar, and we're like, yeah, and we don't think anything can happen. Right? We think he's spoken. I've got it. The revelation's here. I have put on Incredible Hulk. If you don't feel like that, I feel like that. Just saying. You know. And then life happens and you're like, buh, 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 buh. The sovereignty of God allows us to go through it, to be perfected in him. And all those encounters, all those encounters have gotten us to where you are today that you can rise up in the middle of your circumstance and walk through it. Because you've had enough encounters, the reality of Christ has come to you in such a way that it can be 
all the manure in the world in front of you and you're gagging. But you're going to walk through it because you experience something in Christ that you trust him more than the reality that you're walking in. Because he's taking you to a place where you can say only believe. Because only my God could have brought me here and only my God can bring me out. Only believe. So I don't really have any idea if that spoke to you tonight. But I know it did. He's so faithful. Because I have three sermons over there that he didn't have me preach. Because he's a miracle God. He's a miracle-making God. And, you know, instead of having our wonderful Pastor Grace come up and worship, I think she needs an evening off. So, Mike, can we play that CD? Do we have the, um, on the new board computer thing, do we have the altar CD from Becky? Do you all know? So I'm going to open the altar and and just say, he's a miracle-making God. So I don't know what you're going through, what season in life. And maybe you're in a cush-cush season and he's just, he's beckoning you for more. Hey, I like those seasons. I am believing that it's 2017 all the way, baby. Yes! But you know, in those seasons, I still want more. Because, oh, I taste it, and I want some more. I want some more of that gumbo. Y'all can tell my husband I talked about food. But I'm going to open the altars, and so you may need a physical healing. You may need a mental healing. You may need a spiritual healing, or you may need an emotional. But I just want to pray with you. I want to believe with you that just like he met me through all the past seven weeks, hallelujah, that he's going to meet you, that he's more than enough to do super abundantly above anything you could ever ask for. Amen. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330 762 7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so